Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Well, our 200th episode, Elements of Success, has been quite a success with more listeners in its week of release than any other previous episode. So thank you for listening if you were one of the thousand or so listeners. And if you haven't listened to it yet, it seems to be pretty popular. So you're welcome to check it out. But uh, we are now back to our continuing series on the conditions. Mr. Elron Hubbard's discovery of the scale of the operating states that all living things pass through as they either expand and increase in survival or in reverse as they contract. Now we're covering these in sequence from the lowest condition there is, which is confusion. Now we've done that one already. And then we came up through treason. Next one up, enemy. Next one up, and then doubt. Put a few episodes into doubt. Now we arrive at the last of what are usually referred to as the, quote, lower conditions, end quote, and that is the condition of liability. But uh, before we got into the condition itself, I wanted to read you a rare reference from Mr. Hubbard having to do with friendship. There'll be a tie-in, you'll see, as we move through this, but I love this quote, and it's from a journal of his that he was writing in his early 30s. He kept a journal, and uh, this was written on the 14th of October, 1943. Uh, As you know, or some of you may know, Mr. Hubbard was an adventurer, to say the least, and he was also raised on the frontier uh, back in the uh, early 1900s when it was still pretty rough and ready out there. And he wrote this in his journal, quote, Have you ever been on a frontier? Have you ever felt valued for yourself just because you are a lonely man in a lonely land and met with one such as you? Have you ever felt the clannishness of frontiersmen, the warm faith in the might of a friend beside you? For the world out there, when it was lonely, when it was new, demanded certain things of the individual, or else He lived not long, and amongst the things demanded were a certain courage and a certain camaraderie. Men had to be big or fall before the unknown, and men had to have friends. End of quote. You'll see the bearing of this quote on the rest of the episode as we move forward. But uh, again, a real treasure of a quote, and I feel while he's describing the frontier, we are in a frontier right now, in uh, in a sense. You know, those of us who are striving to find each other and make a difference and bring about a resurgence in our culture and in our civilization, well, I think those words from Mr. Hubbard are as true now as they have ever been, and um, I recommend them to you. Find your friends, have courage, establish that camaraderie. We need each other. And that quote from Mr. Hubbard certainly communicates that. All right. With that said, now let's move on and cover this next condition or operating state, the condition of liability. 
Now, it's possibly easier to understand the condition of liability by having some small understanding, at least, of the next condition up, which is non-existence. Now, in his article, which describes the condition of non-existence from the 23rd of September, 1967, I give you this definition from uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Every new appointee to a post begins in non-existence, whether obtained by new appointment, promotion, or demotion. He is normally under the delusion that now he is the blank new title. He tries to start off in power condition as he is usually very aware of his new status or even a former status. But in actual fact, he is the only one aware of it. All others, except perhaps a personnel officer, are utterly unaware of him as having his new status. Therefore, he begins in a state of non-existence. And if he does not begin with the non-existence formula, as his guide, he will be using the wrong condition and will have all kinds of trouble. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, so you get an idea of non-existence. So non-existence is just that. The person is a non-factor. As far as the rest of the team is concerned, he or she isn't even really there yet. And if the guy or the gal doesn't get to work doing the non-existence formula, he or she will soon find themselves dropping into the next condition down, which is liability, right? So, you know, take, for instance, you know, the new salesman, and uh, he's just got hired, and he's a hotshot salesman from some earlier business, and he comes in there, and he wants to do everything the way he did it back then, and he's in a power condition. But to everybody else, he's a non-E. He's in non-existence, so it's kind of like, who is this guy, and why is he coming over to my office, and why is he bugging me, and get the heck out of here, and who are you anyway? You get the idea. So now he starts becoming a liability. So what's a liability? Per all-knowing Mr. Oxford Dictionary, a liability is a person or thing whose presence or behavior is likely to cause embarrassment or put one at a disadvantage. And then they give us this example. He has become a political liability. We know all about those. So, comes from uh, the mid-15th century. Bound or obliged by law, from old French, lier. Yeah. To bind, tie up, fasten together, bind by obligation. And that's from Latin, legare. To bind, to tie. So that's uh, probably how that derivation works. You have a liability. You're bound or stuck to something that is uh, causing you embarrassment or a disadvantage of some kind. That is now a liability. So here now we have a description of the condition or operating state of liability from Mr. Hubbard. And that is from his article of 6 October 1967, where he introduces that condition. He states here, quote, Below non-existence, there is the condition of liability. The being has ceased to be simply non-existent as a team member and has taken on the color of an enemy. So what does that mean, color of an enemy? So now color refers to a flag. It is a flag of a regiment in an army or of a ship. So to take on the color of an enemy would mean that it would appear the person is wittingly or unwittingly working more for the enemy than they are for us. They are screwing up in some fashion that is costing us the battle in some way. So that's what color means, okay? So I'll repeat this. So he says, 
Below non-existence, there is a condition of liability. The being has ceased to be simply non-existent as a team member and has taken on the color of an enemy. It is assigned where careless or malicious and knowing damage is caused to projects, orgs, remember org is short for organization, so these are Mr. Hubbard's words, it is assigned where careless or malicious and knowing damage is caused to projects, orgs, or activities. It is adjudicated that it is malicious and knowing because orders have been published against it or because it is contrary to the intentions and actions of the remainder of the team or the purpose of the project or org. It is a liability to have such a person unwatched as a person may do or continue to do things to stop or impede the forward progress of the project or org, and such a person cannot be trusted. No discipline or the assignment of conditions above it has been of any avail. The person has just kept on messing it up. The condition is usually assigned when several dangers and non-existences have been assigned or when a long, unchanged pattern of conduct has been detected. Aaron Hubbard. Okay, so that's a pretty long and comprehensive definition of liability. Now, please distinguish liability from the condition of enemy. The person has taken on the color of an enemy, but they're not in the condition of enemy. Right? They have come through enemy. They've come through doubt. They know which group they, they want to be a part of, but they're taking on the color of an enemy. There are things going wrong around them, and they are a liability. Now, of course, one tends to come to the conclusion, and that's quite natural, if a person makes a mistake or does something wrong, we're not necessarily going to right away assign them a liability condition. This is something that's normally done. It's an uncorrecting pattern. Nothing that you have done earlier to try and sort the matter out. Uh, higher conditions of non-existence or danger or emergency aren't really biting, and the person's errors, let's say you have somebody, not to pick on salesmen today, but let's say they continue to do sales cycles that are not to the benefit of the company. They're either selling things at a loss, they're offering illegal discounts, they're arranging finances in a peculiar fashion that actually creates a liability for the company in some way. They're giving some guarantees or promises that they're not allowed to give, or they're doing it verbally, and they're false reassurances to their customers. Anyway, this is going on, and you've you know tried having them on a training, and we've expressed exactly what the purposes of the organization is, and your policies on it, and so forth, and they still get violated. You got to wonder, like, this person is actually a liability to our organization. You know, and we can attribute it to like, oh, well, they're not trained yet, or they don't really know. And of course, by the way, this is another pitch for training, because you can put all your employees into liability easily by failing to train them. Just want to make that point. You bring on somebody, a new hire, and you say, wow, I really like this person. They're going to do great, you know, and they, and they seem to have the right tone and the right spirit of things, and they seem to be willing to get on with it. And then, you know, three or four months later, it's like this person's driving you crazy. They're a liability. You're ready to fire them. Last chance and all this kind of jazz. Well, you're a liability maker if you don't train your employees that the person doesn't know what they're doing, right? So you can bring about these lower conditions with your own employees. But the funny thing is, he says here, I want you to note that what he says here. He says, it is assigned where careless or malicious and knowing damage is caused to projects, orgs, or activities. It is adjudicated that it is malicious and knowing 
because orders have been published against it or because it is contrary to the intentions and actions of the remainder of the team or the purpose of the project or org. So why are we assuming here that it's malicious and knowing? Why, why are we making this conclusion? The person doesn't seem like a malicious person. Like, let's take a look at the enemy formula. Uh, as we went over in an earlier episode, Mr. Hubbard defines enemy, quote, when a person is an avowed and knowing enemy of an individual, a group, project, or org, a condition of enemy exists. This is from an article, 6 October, 1967. These are all coming out about the same time, right? So he's saying here, it's an avowed enemy. Like, he's decided. He's out of doubt, all right. He's below doubt. He's now an enemy. He's like, you guys are bad. You guys are evil. You know, why is the guy still working there? Good question. Maybe it's just vicious. Maybe who knows what the motivation is. But there he is being an enemy to the group. It's a much lower condition. They're below doubt. They've made up their mind. They're an enemy, an avowed enemy. <laughs> Above doubt, there's the person still has the color of an enemy, and it's not a vow, but it's he says it's knowing and malicious. He says it is a sign we're careless or malicious and knowing damage. So it could be careless, or it could be malicious, or it's knowing. But it's interesting. He says it is adjudicated that it is malicious and knowing because orders have been published against it, or because it is contrary to the intentions and actions of the remainder of the team or the purpose of the project or org. You're going, wow, it's just an accident. Oh, they don't know their job. Yeah, those things are probably to some degree true. But the funny thing is, and I want you to look to your own experience, how you yourself, when you have become a liability to a group, when you've done something wrong, and, you know, you're, you're gracious enough to fess up to it and say, well, you know, I did that wrong, and I'm sorry. And uh, I didn't mean it, and so on. You probably mean it when you say that, right? I didn't really mean it. I didn't really mean to create, I, I wasn't intentional to try and create problems for the group. But the funny thing is, if you look at your own actions, you'll probably discover that there was a little meanness in there. There was a little knowingness in there. There was a little awareness that what you were doing probably wasn't so cool. And it might even been, even been a bit malicious, like you're getting back at somebody, you know, by, you know, gosh darn it, the door was left unlocked. Who's responsible for that? Oh, that was you, Joe Smith. Well, Joe, uh, we're going to have to sign you a liability formula. That's, that's pretty serious, you know, and this isn't your first time. And it was kind of like, oh, boss, I'm really sorry. And yeah, it won't happen again. And uh, I don't know. It was an act, you know, it was just an oversight. I had my attention on a lot of things. But, you know, if you really check into Joe Smith, if you really examine the person's attitude and mindset of the time when they stormed out of the office and failed to lock the door, there's a little bit behind that carelessness. And you can examine your own actions when you've messed up. You know, look and find your own cause. Was there a bit of an attitude there? Was it a little bit malicious? Was it a little bit knowing that what you were doing wasn't going to cut it, wasn't really right? Uh, of course, we don't say that to our boss or our friends. We don't say, yep, yep, I was definitely in a bad mood. I was kind of out to get everybody, and that's what was behind that bit of carelessness or that accident or whatever. But you trace back even accidents, you know, knocked something over, broke something. And 
And very often there's a little malicious streak in there. Not enemy. Person hasn't dropped into enemy. Still wants to be part of the group. Could have been momentary. Could have been something else. But I'm just pointing out that it's not for nothing that you make this adjudication, that Mr. Hubbard makes this adjudication for the condition of liability. So with that in mind, I'm going to repeat this. He says, it is a sign where careless or malicious and knowing damage is caused to projects, orgs, or activities. It is adjudicated that it is malicious and knowing because orders have been published against it or because it is contrary to the intentions and actions of the remainder of the team or the purpose of the project or org. Aaron Hubbard. So there you go. So it's like, okay, kind of didn't really feel like this was the smartest thing to do, but I did it anyway. Uh, I was just trying to help, you know. It's natural for us to come up with excuses for our screw-ups, you know. But if you really examine it, it's contrary to the purposes of the group. It's contrary to the intentions of the group and the actions of the remainder of the team. So that puts the person, puts you, if you're the one who's perpetrating it, I, I doubt there's any listener here who hasn't been in a condition of liability on one dynamic or another in their lives. If you have never been in a condition of liability, please do write me because I've always wanted to meet an archangel. But it's important to understand and distinguish between liability and the other condition formulas is why I'm, I'm putting so much emphasis on this. So he goes on to say, it is a liability to have such a person unwatched as a person may do or continue to do things to stop or impede the forward progress of the project or org, and such a person cannot be trusted. No discipline or the assignment of conditions above it has been of any avail. The person has just kept on messing it up. Goes on to say the condition is usually assigned when several dangers and non-existences have been assigned or when a long, unchanged pattern of conduct has been detected. So, to the person's credit, we don't normally assign a liability formula for one mess-up, but if it's continued and it's unchanging, yeah, we're going to assign a liability formula. Okay, then he goes and gives an example. He says, when all others are looking for the reason mail is getting lost, such a being would keep on losing the mail covertly. Yeah, there's a little, you know, I'll teach them for making me the mail clerk. You know, something like that. Just drop below non-existence. You know, I can't get any respect around here. Next thing you know, the mail's getting lost. Okay, so he goes on. He says, the formula of liability is, one, decide who are one's friends. Come on, man. You did your doubt formula already. Who are your friends? Now, there's a quote attributed to Mr. Hubbard here I want to read to you on the definition of a true friend. Again, another quote I really love. Now you're probably starting to realize why I read you that earlier. But here's another quote from Mr. Hubbard that I love, and I, uh, I keep this handy. Uh, my favorite quote page. He says here, quote, What a true friend does. For one thing, they stand up for one. Give him counsel. They help him in adversity. They safeguard his reputation. Won't hear ill of him. Share his triumphs. Ignore his faults. L. Ron Hubbard. Wow, couldn't we all use more of those? I, I kind of feel almost like friendship is a, uh, a lost concept to some degree, which you can naturally assume as, as the tone level of society goes down, friendship becomes less and less fitting that definition, shall we say? People are becoming more and more disassociated from one another, disconnected from one another. There's a tendency that way, I would say, in today's society. Let's bring back friendship. 
Let's bring back real, true friendship in our movement. If you're listening to this episode and you're listening to Business Wise, welcome to the movement. We could call it the movement of friendship. We certainly want to find each other, stay united, and be true to each other. And that's a beautiful definition of what a friend does. I'll just repeat it. What a true friend does, for one thing, they stand up for one, give him counsel, they help him in adversity, they safeguard his reputation, won't hear ill of him, share his triumphs, ignore his faults. I know we took a little side road there, but I couldn't, couldn't resist imparting that beautiful uh, definition to you. All right, so first step, decide who are one's friends. Guys in liability formula, okay, good. You keep messing up. Who are your friends, really? Decide who are your friends. Well, you know, the, you guys are. You know, this, this team is. You know, the people who really produce and work their guts out, those are my friends. Okay, good. Well, write that down. This formula, by the way, as you will see, these other formulas you could get away with not writing them down. I don't advise it because you need to follow them with precision. But this one in particular, you need to present to others, as you will see. So the first step, decide who are one's friends. Two, deliver an effective blow to the enemies of the group one has been pretending to be part of despite personal danger. Okay, well, you know, you are in liability for leaving the place insecure and leaving the door unlocked. So the guy decides he's going to strike an effective blow to the enemies of the group. Despite personal danger, this group he has been pretending to be part of, you know, he's been pretending to be part of this company, but, you know, he left the place, he left the auto repair shop, he left it unlocked, and people came in and made off with a bunch of the uh, tools and some of the equipment that the guys need, and he's now on liability. So now he goes in tough neighborhood or something like that, recovers the tools for everybody, or he, uh, you know, he goes ahead and uh, makes an investment to replace the tools, which puts him in personal danger because... He can't, you know, it wasn't easy for him to afford or it was kind of dangerous for him to do that. He does something now, but it's important. It's got to be despite personal danger. Like, you know, the guy says, well, I went and, you know, I bought a new lock or something, you know, or I installed a, an alarm system in the business so that we, you know, in the future, if anybody tries to break in, they will sound an alarm and you go, well, that's very nice. That's very good. But, you know, there was no personal danger in it. Like, where's the danger, man? I want you to do something dangerous that's going to be... Because that's what the group is looking for. They're looking for above and beyond. You have to present your argument why you should be reaccepted to this group at the end of this formula. So what you're, whether they are aware of the liability formula or not, they will still instinctively look to the formula write-up that you present to them to see, was there any kind of, was there an effective blow that was done despite personal danger? You know, a guy went over and he messed up and he was, you know, on the soccer team or whatever, and he continues to make mistakes that cost you the game. So he goes over and uh, infiltrates, you know, the, uh, the other team and uh, starts to learn about their plans or their plays or something like that, you know. Uh, he could have gotten himself beaten up, you know, trying to find out these things. I mean, not recommending doing anything illegal, but, you know, the guy goes out there and sticks his neck out for the group and comes back and says, yeah, found out their game plan for the next game. You did? Wow, man, you're forgiven. Like, you know, the guy cost you the game. You know, he scored on his own goalie or something like that. And he, but he went, and despite personal danger, he went and found the game plan for the, for, uh, the upcoming game. You don't know how he did it. You're not even going to ask any questions. Just the fact that he did it and you knew that it put him at danger or at risk. No, no, it sort of builds up your respect again for the guy, you know. 
again, I'm not advocating doing anything illegal. I'm just saying, do something despite personal danger. It's called for in the formula. Okay. So then step three, make up the damage one has done by personal contribution far beyond the ordinary demands of a group member. Now, this is a little easier to assimilate. You just got to work your guts out above and beyond, you know, stay late, install, you know, in the security example that we gave where, you know, the shop got broken into because of some laziness or some sloppiness on one's part to secure or lock the place up. Well, you know, he could be putting in late nights, uh, installing a better security system. He could be working late to uh, recoup some of the money that got lost or that was stolen. There's different ways you can contribute. It's, it's a quantity thing, right? This is a quantity. But step two is it's an effective blow. It's not, you know, it's, it's done not necessarily long or short, but it's despite personal danger. But this step, make up the damage one has done by personal contribution far beyond the ordinary demands of a group member, this is the guy working his guts out to make up the damage that he caused or she caused, right? Easy enough to understand. Step four, apply for reentry to the group by asking the permission of each member of it to rejoin and rejoining only by majority permission, and if refused, repeating two and three and four until one is allowed to be a group member again. Final step of liability, you will write up. Of course, you don't have to write it up. You could also stand up at a staff meeting and tell people what you did and say, look, you know, I struck this effective blow. I've been working extra hours. I put in, you know, 50 extra hours on my own time to make up the damage. And I just want to be accepted back in the group. And everybody could go, sure, come on over. Or yeah, let's all go out for a beer or whatever it is, right? You're back in the group again. You know when you're not in the group and you know when you are. And the thing that causes people to ostracize another or to sort of expel them from the group is because they become a liability. We do this with the modern prison system. You know, modern, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But, I mean, Mr. Hubbard does say, uh, this is from uh, an article 19 December 1982, he says a person jailed has been, quote, assigned, end quote, a condition of liability just by that action. The formula would have to be applied if the person is to operate in the society in any higher condition. So, in a sense, of course, our prison system is not particularly set up to rehabilitate people. It seems that it is more set up to train more competent criminals. But in some of the more enlightened places, probably, in prisons and, and jail systems, people are attempting to teach them a trade. They, they work for whatever. They work for a dollar a day or what have you, you know, as prisoners. They're, they're putting in their time. They're basically doing their step three of the formula. They're probably omitting step two, or if they do it, they do it quite accidentally. If every person who went into prison were to do their lower condition formulas from wherever they are, confusion all the way up through treason, through enemy, through doubt, through liability, we would have rehabilitated criminals, and it would be a worthwhile system. But we don't have anything like that in our current prison system, but we sort of instinctively know that, hey, and that man's a liability, they get kicked out of the group, right? And so if you find yourself being kicked out of a group or being pushed out of a group, realize you probably have dropped below non-existence and need to take a look at this liability formula, or perhaps even lower. If it took you a while to catch on, you may have already dropped into doubt or one of the lower conditions below liability. But if you're catching it, you go, wow, this isn't right. I seem to be making mess ups and people seem to be unhappy that I'm around. I'm probably in liability. Do the formula. Or if you see 
people working with you that are uh, in that condition, have them do the formula. They are below non-existence, okay? But if they do the liability formula promptly and correctly right there on the spot, man, it's great to bring these people back into the group. I mean, I have personally done my own uh, liability formulas many times in my decades of working with the Harbor Management System and working in various different groups, very usually very demanding and tightly disciplined groups. You know, I've done my share of these formulas. And it's always fascinating to me how warmly welcomed one is when one has done the liability formula correctly, how happy others are to accept the person back into the group, or, or in my case, uh, having been accepted back in the group for doing the formula correctly. It really is it's quite something. You have new friends. Realize that those who really do follow these definitions of friend and do their part to contribute to the group and further the purposes and intentions of the group and are using their condition formulas to climb into higher and higher operating states, these are your friends. Treat them well. You'll probably find that they will treat you the same. Let's have a lot more friends. Let's get out of liability to each other if we are in that condition, okay? That's about it. Oh, by the way, just as a note, you can obviously see the application of this formula to a family. You can have a child who is messed up and is uh, causing embarrassment for the family. They can sort that out by doing the liability formula. A spouse erring in their ways or doing something uh, that puts them into uh, below non-existence and makes them a liability to the group. All they have to do is do the formula. And you can even do a liability formula to yourself. You might be finding you're in, you're in liability to yourself. And you have to accept yourself back into you, your group, group of self. But yes, lots of applications to this formula. Make sure you do it thoroughly and correctly, and you will soon be in non-existence, which is the formula we'll be talking about next week. Thank you very much for listening.